I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. This week's episode is all about butter. I chat with Leslie from the popular food blog, Stress Baking. Leslie lives in coastal Massachusetts with her husband and their pets and spends her days working remotely as a technical program manager for a software company. In her spare time, she runs Stress Baking as a way to share the recipes she's created, sometimes along with the stories about how the recipes came to be. Jumping into the kitchen helps her channel her anxiety and stress into a constructive and delicious place, and she won't hesitate to share her failures so you can learn from her mistakes because she knows that real life isn't Pinterest perfect. Oof, don't I know that? She is sarcastic, self-taught, and thinks that even though life can be overwhelming, baking shouldn't be. Leslie has a baking series that is so helpful, and one of the topics she covered recently is to do with what is room temperature and how do we get it to be room temperature. I found this post so handy that I asked Leslie to come on the podcast and answer that question, as well as some other pressing questions I had, like, do we use salted or unsalted butter in baking? Is the cheapest butter stick in the supermarket okay to use? And how does the temperature of butter matter in baking? So let's dive in. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's so good to talk to you. It's awesome to have you on here. Before we kick off our conversation today, would you tell me about your signature dish, the one that everyone goes, that is your specialty? Ooh, that's a tough one because I would say maybe a couple years ago, it probably would have been my Jack and Coke cupcakes. But as of recent, it's probably the Fluffernutter cookies because everybody loses their mind over those and asks me to bring them to every single party. <laughs> oh my gosh, tell me more about these. What what are they like? Oh, so I don't even think they have fluff in Australia, or maybe they do. Um, but it's like marshmallow fluff and you combine it with peanut butter and it's normally in a sandwich. Like it's just white bread, peanut butter, and this marshmallow fluff cream. And it's freaking amazing. But I took that concept and then I made it into like soft, chewy, crinkle cookies and people just lose their minds over them. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. We we actually can get the fluff here. I've seen like jars of it in the supermarket. So now I'm going to have to get my hands on one. <laughs> I I would I would say I would ship them to you, but the, you know, postal service would probably steal them before they made it there. <laughs> I love anything peanut butter. I'm crazy for it. So I'd be really into it. Okay. All right, well we're going to have to link that yeah, one in the show totally notes. Be right up your aisle. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, you have a baking basic series. I was about to butcher that. Baking basic series on the the site that you have started recently. Would you like to tell my listeners a bit more about that? What topics have you covered so far? Okay. So, the basic See, now I'm doing yes. it. The baking <laughs> basics series i'm realizing i haven't had to actually talk about it out loud i can't say baking basics that's not a good start it's and that does not twister. instill a lot of faith in me <laughs> 
but I know what I'm talking about, I swear. Um, so the Baking Basics series, uh, I started, I guess, a few months ago now. Um, and I just, one day I was thinking about it and I was like, I get so many comments and emails from people asking me to help them troubleshoot their recipes. Like they, they tried to make this cupcake and it was totally flat and they didn't know why, or they made these cookies and they spread all over the pan and they don't know why. And, you know, of course everybody comes to you and says, and I I followed your recipe, you know, instructions exactly. It's, I take that with a grain of salt because maybe they did, or maybe they didn't. Um, but over time, you start to hear some of the same questions. Like I've, I've had this site for probably five years and you get some of the same questions about the same things. And you start to realize that maybe it's that people don't know the proper way to measure the ingredients or their oven isn't calibrated or they were using expired baking powder and it wasn't even working anymore, you know, things like that. So I decided to start a series with I I had like 10 ideas off the top of my head um, for different installations in the series. And each one of them is just focused around like a baking basic and like how to store your ingredients and the shelf life of those ingredients. And like, you know, the, the biggest ones are really properly measuring things and, you know, oven calibration and what room temperature butter actually means. You know, I wanted to dig into each of those and actually have it be comprehensive and not just a little blurb that I happen to include in a single post that you may or may not have seen. So the feedback has been really good. And I really look forward to writing these posts because I feel like they're really helpful for a wide range of people. They definitely are. I have been loving this series myself. I've said here before, and I've mentioned on the blog as well, I'm, I've been novice mediocre baker at best like I've got a couple of you know hits that I make that I know how to make but uh yeah if you were to ask me to like completely wing a baking recipe I I wouldn't know where to start because I haven't well actually the more that I've done this podcast I've started to learn a bit more from people like you who are telling me things like I never knew that but you know I'm starting to learn what what reactions I'm looking for in baking what what baking powder even does all those kind of things so that's why like a series like this is so helpful to people and you know I know it's not just me I know plenty of people feel out of their element whether they uh strictly packet mix bakers or if they've always wanted to give it a go but have had maybe some flops and didn't really understand why it's such a big help to read yeah some more information about here's why it didn't work here's how it's going to work Mm -hmm. in the future and now you have that information go in give it a go yeah Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the kind of thing that unless you went to culinary school, why does the world expect anybody to know these things? Like you learned it through osmosis or something. I mean, that'd be (laughs) awesome. But I don't know why anybody assumes that. And I was one of those people. I was just assuming that if I said room temperature butter, people knew what that meant. And that is not the case. So I'm, I'm, I really look forward to making sure that people actually understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, because it's, uh, it's a big part of it. It's baking is a science. And I don't know why any of us expect anybody to know it if we don't tell them how to do it. I love that approach to it because yeah, it is. Sometimes you feel a bit silly if you don't know these things, but of course, why would you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like we're not all born geniuses. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying so hard. So today we're going to talk about butter in particular. So we're going to break down. I just picked one of the baking basics that I'm curious to know more about. (laughs) Sorry, guys, this one's for me, but I know you guys will be too. But 
I've got a lot of questions about butter. So I, I th- thought this would be a really good one for us to tackle, um, especially in the baking context, because I get confused by instructions sometimes, not just room temperature butter, but other things that they ask about. So I thought we might start with the difference between salted and unsalted, because some res- recipes specify that it's unsalted or salted butter, but some just say butter for baking. And you go, which one am I supposed to be using? Is there a big difference? What should we be looking out for? Well, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to out myself here. I have never once in my entire life purchased salted butter. Um, I, I, I almost don't understand why it exists. Uh, but I think that's partially because I have, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. And so I have a need to control everything around me and I want to be able to control the amount of salt in my recipe. Um, and salted butter it includes some varying amount of salt. Um, like each brand is a little bit different. So you're not even always getting, you know, a, an eighth of a teaspoon of butter in each stick or anything like it's, it's all over the map. And so you don't know what you're getting and you might end up with, you know, a stick of butter that's very salty and then you'll go and make your cookies with it and they'll be inedible because they're so salty. So, I don't purchase salted butter. Um, I use unsalted. And the the only downside to that is that the salt acts as a preservative when it exists. And when it doesn't have that, it just has a a shorter shelf life. And that's not a problem for me because I go through butter faster than probably most normal human beings. Um, But that's okay. So it's you go from like, you know, salted butter might be uh, five month, I think, shelf life. Um, and unsalted butter is probably about three months. Um, so it, it kind of varies a little bit there, but it, it allows you to control the amount of salt in your recipe. So I always call for unsalted butter. Uh, I have I've never even read a recipe that called for salted butter. So I think the universe just kind of assumes everybody's talking about unsalted. Um, I, I truly wish I could talk to somebody somewhere who is an expert in this and understand why it exists. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. OK, so that well, that clarifies it because it kind of takes out the guesswork. Just use unsalted butter. <laughs> That's the easiest way to put I mean, that. Yeah, it's- <laughs> It really is. If anybody were to ever ask me, what should I use salted butter for? I would say absolutely nothing. And that's the end of the conversation. (laughs) That is very helpful. Okay. That's clarified. Now, what about, and I thought even maybe we'll take this a step back because maybe it's understanding as well in baking when they are calling for butter, they're not actually, they're calling for like the the sticks of butter, um, not the tubs of butter that we buy, say to make sandwiches or things like that. Cause even that can be confusing why we wouldn't use that over a stick of butter. butter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Um, and that's, that's something that I, I tend not to think about, but, um, it's true. They are completely different things. So I, I always try to make sure that when I'm listing butter as an ingredient, I'm calling out for, um, like four tablespoons of butter and because sticks of butter have little measurements on them, you know, I like, I like to think that people know that I'm talking about that, but you make a really good point. People might just think, okay, I'll stick a teaspoon in like a tub of butter and go about my day. And that would probably be really terrible. Um, it's the butter that's in a tub is less 
dense. Um, and a lot of them are combined with like olive oil or various things um, to give them that really like smooth, creamy consistency that you can use right out of the tub. So if you were to use that for a recipe, uh, chances are it would go very, very poorly. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, some people, if it's not specified, you wouldn't necessarily understand what the big differences yeah. are. And even like I had a fun experience. Most of our butter here um, in Australia isn't mixed with like oil fillers or anything like that. But um, we, we were living in the States for a little bit last year and I went to the supermarket and I was just looking for like, yeah, a regular butter. And I found so many oil mixes. I'm like, what is going on? I can't find regular butter. So it is an important thing to note. Like you're looking for pure butter, not things that are mixed with, yeah, all these additional fillers. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that I'm sure gets confusing for so many people is that there is a difference between American butters and European butters because the the milk fat content is different. And so people that are, you know, using European butter on a regular basis, if they were to switch over to a stick of American butter, they might end up with a little bit of a, a different consistency to like the cookie that they're making, because the American butter has a little bit more water, not a lot, a little bit more water. Um, and that can change the moisture content in your baked good. And it could end up with inconsistent results to what you're actually used to. So it's, it's weird to think about them being so different when it's only like a two or 3% difference in milk fat, but it can make all the difference. Absolutely. And that's a really good point to, to clarify, like something like, well, I'm trying to think of what the European butter is over there. I think the same here, like a Kerrygold or something like that. Kerrygold. Yeah. yeah, that's the go-to. Um, okay. So is it worth investing in a quality butter for baking? So, you know, if I go to the supermarket, this is probably a question that that suits Kerrygold, but if I go to the supermarket, there's the sticks of butter that are like the the cheap ones that are the, the mm-hmm. supermarket brand or something, or you have ones that are, yeah, either Kerrygold or even the American brands that are slightly more expensive. Is there mm-hmm. a difference? Do some recipes need a more quality butter, I guess, or does it, is it kind of all the same? Well, in my personal opinion, uh, it kind of depends on the recipe that you're making to, to gauge how important it's going to be to you. Um, for example, like using the, maybe the store grocery store brand butter, uh, could be completely fine if you're making a frosting or cupcakes or something where you're you're whipping it with a ton of like sugar and vanilla and egg and all these different ingredients. Um, but if you're if you're looking to make something like a pie crust where it's a very butter forward recipe and you want you know a very flaky buttery crust coming out of the pie, um, you might want to look at something that's a little bit higher end because that flavor is going to really matter to you a lot more in that because you're not covering it up with the flavors of other ingredients as much. So I kind of look at it as if I'm going to the store to buy butter specifically for something, I might get something a little bit higher end, but um, I have I kind of have my go-to companies that I like to buy from anyway that are pretty consistent. And uh, they're like right in the middle, like Cabot Creamery uh, is a, a New England 
uh, brand from Vermont and I like to, you know, shop with local stuff as much as I can. And so I consider kind of anything that's in New England to be local. And I kind of stick with theirs because it's always been good to me. It's always had consistent results. Other people tell me they get consistent results from it. And it's just kind of become my go-to. It's not the bottom of the, the price point where it's like super cheap and you might not get the right results, but it's also not, you know, I'm not shelling out $10 for two sticks of butter. Yeah, I like that. Oh, I'm so jealous of oh, all of your delicious New England brands. Oh, <laughs> there's so many awesome things, especially like, yeah, the Vermont. I remember when we went on our driving holiday of New England, all of the food was mm-hmm. so fantastic there. Yeah, they know what they're doing up here. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> all right. So we touched on uh, the temperatures of butter and how they can vary in what you need for a recipe. So we, we talked a little bit about how people don't necessarily understand room temperature butter. So I thought, why don't we talk about the common temperatures that they are, that recipes ask for butter to be in and how we, we achieve that. So yeah, let's start with room temperature. Cause that seems to be the obvious one. Sure. So room temperature butter, um, some people say softened and then some people say softened to room temperature. Um, They all mean the same thing. So room temperature or softened butter is around 65 degrees Fahrenheit, um, 18 degrees Celsius. If you were to stick a thermometer inside of it, Um, like full disclosure, I don't do that. Um, I know that that's the temperature it should be, but I don't know that I've ever actually stuck a thermometer inside a stick of butter. Um, it For me, it's more about knowing what the texture is supposed to be. But when you're first learning, it probably would be a good exercise to go in and like actually measure the temperature so that you know what it should feel like. Um, and to to get the texture you want. You want it to be flexible enough that it can be creamed together with sugar, but still firm enough that it'll incorporate the right amount of air during mixing, because that's that's usually the key in a recipe that's asking for room temperature butter. And to, to get it, the easiest thing is to let it come to room temperature, <laughs> which just means letting it sit on your counter for a couple hours before you're using it. Um, unless you're like me and you really like to keep your house cold because you're always hot, um, doesn't work as well in my house for that reason. Uh, but you know, the, the amount of time it'll take just depends on how warm your kitchen is. If you try to do it in the middle of summer and you don't have air conditioning in your house, uh, you might have a hard time because it might just straight up melt. Um, but the, the thing that I always like to do just kind of consistently, um, cause it's never steered me wrong is that I fill a glass, like a, a pint glass, with boiling water, let it sit on the counter for like 10 to 30 seconds, pour out the water, and I turn it upside down over a stick of butter just on a plate. And then after a couple minutes, I can take it off and it has it's retained enough of the heat from the glass around it that it's the perfect consistency. And then I have softened butter and I'm ready to go in like a matter of minutes instead of having to wait hours for it to set out. I love that hack because I'm notorious for not reading recipes properly and I'll come and be like, oh, oh, I needed room temperature butter and I'm trying to make it now. That's silly. (laughs) Yeah, it's I mean, it's a hard thing to. Well, if you're like me and you have a house that has cats in it that get on the counters and love butter, um, it's very hard to just leave a stick of butter on your counter and be like, that's fine. I'll come back to it later um, because said cat will eat the stick of butter and then you end up going to the vet and it's terrible. But 
the the easiest thing to do if if you use the trick that I used is that when you you take it out from under the the glass you just like lightly press your finger into the top of it and it should make an indent but it doesn't you know s- slip straight through to the other side of the bottle that that means it's it's way too soft it's on the verge of melting um, and you need to let it set up a little bit perfect okay that that definitely makes sense and i'm gonna remember that hack in future i've i've sure seen some very interesting ones on the internet before of how to bring it to room temperature which we won't discuss now (laughs) um and so melted butter we're fine to just pop in the microwave or on the stove uh so yeah putting it in the microwave um and doing it on like 50 percent power um for like 10 second increments or 30 seconds depending on how much you're using uh is usually fine but then you run the risk that it might uh pop and explode all over your microwave and then you have to make your recipe and also clean up your microwave which is never fun um so my go-to is actually just on the stovetop i have a very small pan that I use and I just put the butter in there over, you know, the lowest heat I can do. And it's melted in a matter of a couple of minutes. And I I find that to be a little bit more consistent too, because if you do it in the microwave, you end up with like a glob that's still a little bit not melted. And then the rest of it is like boiling hot. (laughs) And then you're trying to stir it together. And I just feel the stovetop is a little bit easier and more consistent. That is so smart because yes, I have had plenty of butter incidences in my (laughs) microwave. (laughs) I hate cleaning my microwave at the best of times. So yeah, I definitely don't want to do that. Um, And you're right. I I can already just like picture in my head every time I've seen like a little iceberg of butter sitting (laughs) in the middle of the melted mess. So yeah, that's annoying too. true. And what about, so this is probably one that I'm most interested to find out about. So when recipes, like, let's say if you're cooking like a a scone or um, I'm guessing you guys for your biscuits would need this too. When you use cold butter that you like clump up in with the flour, (laughs) I never really understand how to do this. And I always end up with like a big mess. (laughs) Oh, well, so my... My go-to with that stuff is cutting the butter into small little pieces, setting it on like a plate, a covered plate, um, putting it in the freezer for a while, and then going to, the, the, it's called cutting it in um, to the rest of the ingredients. So you've got like flour and various things, salt. Um, the Using a pastry cutter to cut the butter in, if you start with frozen, as you're working it, it's going to, the heat in it is going to increase a little bit because it's being worked. So by the time you get done cutting the butter into the dough, it's actually the perfect consistency and it's not too warm. Um, Because I've found that a lot of people, they'll call for a chilled butter and you just take it out of the fridge and use it. And by the time you're done, it's gotten so warm that your dough is kind of sticky and it's not what you want. And you end up having to refrigerate it to get it back to the consistency that you want before you can move forward. So using frozen actually saves me time. Okay. I like that tip. Definitely. And yes, cutting was the word I was looking for. See, novice baking. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a glossary. That'll be the next post. I'll just make a glossary of all the weird things that we say in baking. <laughs> yes. The thingy with the knife and the knife. <laughs> <laughs> the twisty thing. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> that, whatever it is. And okay. And what about when you're having like, when you're creaming butter, 
This is something mm-hmm. that I've I've failed with before as well, is not having it at the right temperature to cream it and it sticks all to my beaters. So <laughs> if a recipe calls um, for that, what kind, what are we aiming for there? <laughs> so creaming butter, you always want to start with uh, room temperature softened butter. Um, if it's actually the example you just used, you say it's like sticking to the beaters and all that, uh, chances are it's either too warm or too cold. Um, if it's sticking to the beaters and it's oily feeling, that means it was too warm. Um, but if it's sticking and it's just in hard clumps and you can't get the sugar to incorporate, uh, that probably means it's too cold. So what you're going for is like a very soft, creamy, almost fluffy, which feels like the wrong word, but it makes sense when you're actually doing it. Um, Consistency. So you want it to be a little bit lighter uh, than it would have been if you had just, if if you're incorporating sugar, I should say, Uh, you want it to be a little bit lighter than if you were just creaming the butter itself. Butter on its own creamed will be like very creamy and to the point that you feel like you could just like dip your finger in and eat it, which I'm not saying that I've done that, but maybe I've done that. Um, And if you add sugar to it, then you're making it, you know, it's going to lighten the color. It's going to be a little bit fluffier and you're, you're incorporating the amount of air that you need so that when you're adding all the rest of your ingredients, it's, it's going to have a light enough consistency to hold up during the baking process. All right. I've definitely, so I've definitely been guilty of it being too cold. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> it was it was clumping up into big clumps, and uh, yeah, I, I'll just put that down to being impatient. But now that I know your trick with the glass, I never have to worry about that again. I'll be fine. Everything will be great. You will never screw this up again. It's going to be wonderful. Yes. All right. So, what about now? This is this is a funny question because butter is kind of in almost every baking dish, but. I thought we might yeah. talk about some of your favorite butter recipes. So like maybe we have like butter is the star of the show. So that if people want to have some fun with butter, what, what are some of the recipes that they could try that are on your site? Oh man, this is, this is tough. Okay. It is. <laughs> I'm going to break it down to a couple examples for each like variety of temperature of butter because it, it, does totally make a difference. So frozen butter, like we were just talking about, um, you start with frozen butter to make my uh, cranberry vanilla bean scones. They're just heavenly. They're so good. I I swear I dream about those scones. They're so good. Um, So that uses frozen butter. That's a really good example for using that. Uh, God, like... I think almost all of my cookies, except for the ones that are paleo, all of those have butter in them too. Um, like the fluffernutter cookies that I mentioned at the start of this, uh, those have softened butter. Um, ooh, peanut butter espresso cookies sounds like something that would be up your aisle. Yes, <laughs> like yes, yes. Butter. God, and I'm trying to think. And also the Jack and Coke cupcakes that I mentioned earlier too, those are actually melted butter um, in the cupcake and then the whiskey chocolate ganache filling in the middle and then it's softened butter in the frosting. Um, oh God, I could go on forever. Melted butter, like I use melted butter in a lot of things too, but I think the primary example of that is I have butter pecan fudge and oh, yeah. uh, that's probably like the most butter thing you can make. <laughs> Yes, delicious. Yeah, I there's so many. I don't. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> I know, and I'm now I'm really upset. <laughs> I don't have anything right now. 
I really should have thought this through. I really should have made something so that when we stop talking about food, I could go eat that food. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like the biggest problem of being a food blogger, I think, is like all you ever do is have food. Like everyone you follow on socials is food. Everywhere you go is food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like I'm perpetually starving. <laughs> hazard it really is nobody tells you about that part <laughs> no yeah you just hear the good good parts but the, it's it's difficult we have it really tough guys <laughs> uh, it's really hard the way i'm sitting around three dozen cookies and a three-layer cake i mean this is really hard <laughs> <laughs> you feel for us <laughs> all right yeah, well, awesome well i'm gonna link to all of those in the show notes but basically we could just say you'd be, you'd be pretty safe to just go and look at stress baking and and try any of those recipes <laughs> i mean i would i'm pretty proud of them so i would say that any of these are a good uh a good starter or even if you're not a novice baker um, i feel like pretty much any of these would make anybody happy yes awesome now i've got a bit of a a weird question but uh, unrelated to butter but i just thought it might be fun to finish this by asking what what do you think is the most common question you get from people about baking like is it what's something common that people struggle with that would be like the one tip you'd want to leave people on Ooh. um Let's see. Probably the most frequent question. The most frequent question is probably people coming to me saying, I made this thing, but it was too, I don't know, too flat. Or it was, you know, the cookies never crinkled or they never did this like you said they were going to. It's it's not necessarily a single thing. It's more of a, hey, I made this recipe. It didn't come out like your picture. It didn't look the same. Why is that? Um, and it almost always comes back to the way they measured the ingredients. So no matter what the scenario is, it is almost always that they over measured the flour because they weren't sure how to do that. Or they under measured the amount of salt because they weren't sure how they were supposed to do that. So it, it usually comes down to measuring the ingredients. And that is one of the, the baking basics posts I have. Um, it's called how to properly measure ingredients for baking. It's very easy to find. Um, and I, I think that has a lot of really good tips to help people that aren't familiar with the terminologies and don't understand the whole idea of spooning flour into a measuring cup and the way you're supposed to scrape off the top. And I, again, I don't know why anybody assumes anybody would know these things if they weren't able to get that information from somebody else. So I think that's probably my number one tip. Really long story short, I think that's my number one tip. Measure the ingredients the right way. (laughs) No, that's really helpful. And you're right. Like a lot of people probably don't understand that. Um, because yeah, why would you, we didn't learn that in maths yeah. in school. <laughs> no, it's, this is not a course in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, it should be like, I feel like it this should. would have set me up for life way better than algebra would have, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm saying we would, we, we're doing it all wrong. Yes. <laughs> we're really doing it all. <laughs> can you let my listeners know where they can find you? 
Uh, you can find me on stressbaking.com. Um, and I've got all the social media channels listed on there. Um, it varies which ones I'm the most active on, uh, just cause things are crazy these days, but you can always go to stressbaking.com. And if anybody ever wanted to email me directly, um, because they had specific questions about baking or about a recipe, Leslie at stressbaking.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have learned a lot from today's chat. I, uh, and I know that my listeners will have too, and I always enjoy talking to you. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so wonderful to talk to you. And now I know that I can't say baking basics if I haven't practiced it. <laughs> just, just go and say it five times fast. No? <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I had such a blast chatting with Leslie about all things butter related. Butter is one of the cornerstones of almost every baking recipe and it was great to finally narrow down what recipes we need room temperature butter for or melted butter for or cream butter for. It was awesome. For all the links we discussed in today's episode, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 40. That's it from me. Have a great week, guys, and don't just cook. Cook it real good. Bye.